For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo, Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a great Labor Day, little holiday for some of you, some of you not so much. Other countries, no idea what I'm talking about. American holiday, don't worry about it. Today's program is sponsored by Save the Storks at SaveTheStorks.com. They had a huge event here in Colorado over the weekend, and we've got a good pod for you today. It's a Moms on the Mic episode with Susanna Lewis. She's got a book called You Can't Make This Stuff Up. I got to tell you, this is one of the funniest podcasts we've ever recorded. It took a long time to get on air. Uh, there was a lot of trouble happening back and forth, but by the time... Producer Kay and Laura got on. It is a funny podcast. You're going to love it. So without any further ado, here is Susanna Lewis on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Moms on the Mic. Good morning. Here we are today with Susanna Lewis, and we are just blessed to have her on the show and just to uh, talk about her story and her adventure and her journey and how she's just blessing tons of people with and, laughter, uh, with laughter and humor. <laughs> we this morning we watched your um, one with the carpool, the carpool line. line. <laughs> <laughs> just classic. I mean, what mom doesn't feel that way? Come on now, it's just amazing. So yes, so she is also Thank known you. as Whoa Susanna. And uh, that's, that's right. her blog, if you guys want to check it out, if you haven't already, because she's already a viral sensation anyway. Yeah. I have to say, so she, whoa, Susanna, Susanna has written a book yes. called Can't Make This Stuff Up. Which is just a great title. It really is. I am from Georgia and grew up there. And so, so many of your Southern references, I was like, oh, I've. I totally jive with that. I am with you. <laughs> so I, right, this right. is such a great read. So I'm telling you moms, you. all you moms on the mic, this is a great, especially for summer. Yeah. I mean, you feel like every emotion in that book. Thank so you. yeah. And dogs like it too. Your and dogs it, it yes. too. The dogs, the dogs it. like to chew up the book. They loved it. <laughs> Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourselves for all of our listeners that who, who may not know who you are and um, and why you wrote the book. Absolutely. First of all, thank you all for having me here today. I am a uh, southerner uh, born and raised in Tennessee, and I have wanted to be a writer since I was about eight years old. Knew from a very, very early start that that's what I was going to do. And so I feel like it's kind of been a um, God ordained thing for me that the Lord had that planned out for me, even, you know, in my mama's womb. <laughs> so um, growing up and my dad passed away when I was 11. And so that kind of inspired me to uh, write more. And I figured out then that writing was really a cathartic thing, mm -hmm. that it was something to help me uh deal with my feelings and emotions and what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a writer. Um, started a blog in 2012, oh, had like three followers, my mom, <laughs> my sister, and a cousin. I don't even like that. 
And um, she was the most critical of the blog, by the way. Um, <laughs> but anyway, started a blog and got involved in some some writing groups on social media. Um, then I started doing some videos. Just just to, didn't expect them to do a thing. I had made videos like on uh, my personal Facebook page for just my friends, and so I, I started this blog page and made some videos and thought they were just stupid. Didn't expect much from them, but. Um, surprisingly several went viral and uh, got a lot of attention and so my blog grew and my writing platform grew Um, uh, I self-published my first book which is fiction in 2015 that's the same year my mother passed away 2015 Mm -hmm. Um, and I self-published two other books after that Um, one was kind of in her memory and so um because my videos had gone viral, it caught the attention of a literary agent in Texas named Jesse Kirkland, and she had read uh, some of my fiction work, and so she knew that that I, that I was a writer as well as just a, a video blogger, mm-hmm. and she reached out to me about writing nonfiction, and I have never entertained the notion of writing nonfiction. Fiction is what I love. I I had no desire to write nonfiction, but the Lord was really doing something in my life at that time, uh, processing um, the death of my mom mm-hmm. and uh, just being such an incredible comfort to me. And I had used my blog posts in that way to kind of reach others about the heartache and stuff. And it was funny because I'd always been known as a as a funny writer. Mm-hmm. And so it it, when I look back on it, on the season of how my writing changed, of what I was going through, it wasn't humorous. It was deep and raw and me um, searching for the Lord's comfort and clinging to scripture. And so my writing reflected that. And so we entertain the notion of this nonfiction book to talk about the upside to life's downs, which I talk about my parents' death and the book and infertility and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so um, pitched it to Thomas Nelson, a division of HarperCollins. They picked it up. Mm-hmm. And my dream since I was eight years old of being a published author, didn't know it would be nonfiction, uh, but that dream came true this past year. And uh, mm. it's been a huge blessing to see how God has used this book. Yeah. A huge blessing. Uh, the, the, and it's funny because when you're doing, I don't mean to ramble so much. No, no you're good. No, it's you fine. just keep going. <laughs> your story. Okay. You asked me one question and we're 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when I think, important to say when you were when you feel called by the Lord to do something which was write this book that the enemy uh, who is the devil which people get their panties in a wad and we bring up the devil people <laughs> want to believe in that we have an adversary or an enemy they don't want to believe that you yes. know that's, ooh, that's freaky stuff but the enemy will come against you in every way possible when yeah. you were trying to do what God has called you to oh, do amen so I had a lot I, I had a lot of doubt writing that book of um, who is this going to reach or, um, you know, just just a lot of doubt and second guessing myself about the book. And so it is just such a beautiful thing to get emails and 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 response from people that, you know, the devil was a liar and that mm-hmm. this book has nothing I've done. I don't want any glory for this book, but what God has done through this book has just been a blessing mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of shut the devil up in a way. And I think that's a great lesson when you're called to do something, you got to do it and and forget spiritual warfare and the doubt that you have in your mind. I'd love to hear an example of maybe somebody that you've heard that it's transformed their way they think things or how they grieve or if you could share one of those. Oh, absolutely. I get uh, a lot of emails, people I don't know. I know I've had friends that I do know. I'm 
I had a friend that pulled me aside at the ball field the other day and um, whose mother has recently passed away and uh, was just telling me about the comfort. And now in the book, uh, um, you know, cause she knows me personally and how that book had kind of um, renewed her faith that her joy will return again, yes, that, yes. that our God is a God of restoration mm-hmm. because when you're in that place of grief, I think you feel like, well, this is how I'm going to feel the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's another life of the devil. Um, and mm-hmm. so just her personally saying how my joy is returned, I think, and then reading the book was an inspiration to her, but, but also just strangers who, um, and not necessarily religious people, mm-hmm. not, I, I've right. had a lot of emails from people who are because of the book and what God did through the book, not what I've done, are now exploring the avenue of who is this Jesus person. Mm-hmm. Um, if if what this girl says is true, um, then you know maybe I should have an open mind to it and and figure out who this who this Jesus person is that she's talking about and mm-hmm. and these scriptures that she's referencing. And that was my prayer from the book from the beginning. Yeah. Lord, I want people to come to know you by this book. Yeah. I, the, the, the book sales and, and doing interviews and all this is great. But most importantly, I want there to be eternal, everlasting glory from this book, your glory from this book mm-hmm. that people know you. And so that has been my prayer, laying my hands on the, on that manuscript and praying, God, mm-hmm. you use this in the way that you see fit. And I've had emails from people who have been skeptical, um, who have originally followed me just because I was humorous, didn't mm-hmm. care anything about the Jesus side of yeah. me and what mm-hmm. God has done but were reeled in by like videos about the carpool line and that kind of thing. And now they are kind of wanting to explore the idea of, Hey, I'm in pain too. And, and maybe I should check out what, what the Bible says and what Jesus says about this. Oh, that's fantastic. It being a tool yeah. that way. Um, I just yeah. wanted to go back. You and I have something in common. I lost my mom in my arms yeah. to a massive heart attack when I was four months pregnant with my son or about five months pregnant with my son. And so when I read your story about your dad, you losing him at a young age, you were at a young age. I was, I was a lot older. I was an adult. So there's a huge distinction there. Yet I identified so much with your grief and I felt like I didn't handle, like I've had some grieving moments since then, Mm -hmm. but that was the first time I learned how to grieve and I didn't know how properly when when I was just forced to at with with my mom passing but I just wanted you to talk to the listeners just some healthy tips about Mm -hmm. grieving I think there's so many people out there grieving different things whether it be infertility loss of babies you know we're getting older so I'm starting to walk my friends through losing their parents now right Um, but if you have any advice you could just give our listeners I think it'd be awesome Sure. Um, I say in the book something my grandmother said about grief is a place to visit, but not a place to stay. And I think that that is just so relevant because when we're grieving and it doesn't have to be the death of your parents, it could be the death, the the loss of a job or, you know, a divorce or whatever. I posted recently that my dog died recently and that may sound minuscule to some people, but that wrecked me. And you can, you can, either become uh, a victim or victorious, I believe, in grief. And again, going back to the devil, and I don't want to give the devil too much credit, but when you're in a vulnerable place like that, that pleases him so much to see you downtrodden and yeah. to see you weak and mm-hmm. and so upset. Absolutely. 
we're going to be upset. We're human. Even the Bible says that Jesus wept and mm-hmm. uh, the Lord is close to us and our brokenheartedness. And mm-hmm. he, he feels that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he died on a cross for our sins and he, he wasn't real thrilled of, in that moment right. about that. Yeah. You know, grief is, is a thing and he can sympathize and empathize with mm-hmm. us about that. But the thing is, is you can't stay there Mm -hmm. and you have to do what you can and let the Lord do the rest, do what he does best. And you have to, I I talk about in the book, I came to a place of surrender. God, I'm Mm -hmm. utterly broken. I'm utterly broken. For sure. And there's so many many steps of grief and denial and all these things, you know, I wasn't thinking about that logically. Well, I'm going to go through this first and then this. I was just broken yep. and uh, the Lord mends broken things. And so I think the first step when you're grieving is to surrender it and say, look, mm. I'm a mess. Yeah. I'm a mess. I'm, I am. Sometimes we're angry at the Lord. Yeah. Just to be honest about it. Mm. Yeah. Honesty. Hey, God knows what's in your heart anyway. Yeah. And, you know, we try to put on a tough front. He, he knows we're broken. Mm-hmm. So surrender is the first step. I'm broken. Lord, you do what only you can do. Right. And then you just hang on for dear life because yep. It would be the devil more than anything to see you come out a victim in this. Yes. But God wants to be victorious in it. Mm. Well. I had a friend that always talked about learning how to grieve well. Mm. And that yeah. just always struck me because I think in the early years, I just wanted to numb it, run away from it, not acknowledge it. And then right. three years later yeah. is when I really hit a wall and got honest and was like, okay, I'm broken, Lord. Yeah. You fix me. <laughs> I've, I've tried it and, my, on my own. And you said that yeah. to me. I lost my father a few years ago to cancer. And yeah. mm-hmm. you over and over again, you were like, grieve well. You're grieving well. You are grieving well. Yeah. I mean, that was huge just to have people alongside saying, you're doing yeah. a good job. Mm-hmm. Of course it hurts. And I think that's huge too, is just to have that community around you. Yeah. As support. Absolutely. That speaks truth to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's- then you lost your mom too. And then you talked about being an orphan. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like I'm right on the heels of that coming mm-hmm. up behind you, <laughs> losing oh. my dad soon. Right. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. But my dad died, of course, when I was young, when I was 11. And, and I also had a, a third parent I talk about in the book, mm-hmm. uh, my, my mom's first husband, who was my godfather. That's a, that's a fun story in the book. But he, he's <laughs> my is. brother and sister's dad. And uh, he was, he was a big part of my life when my dad after my dad died, and then he passed away. And then uh, two years later, my mama passed away. And so it was for the first mm-hmm. time that I realized, you know, I do feel like an orphan. I feel about as helpless as, you know, a, a baby on a doorstep. I have a supportive husband. I have a great husband. I have wonderful friends. But something about not having your parents yeah. left this world and you just kind of feel like, where's your anchor, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you just more, I just mourned that mm-hmm. so heavily, mm-hmm. so heavily. And, you know, the Lord was just so gracious to come to me and say, I'm your father. And when I started having a peace, because I knew that that my mother was saved and I know where my mother is right now. And I started having a peace that that she's with Jesus is when I really started healing and mm-hmm. and have thought that, you know, if if my mom could come back, she wouldn't. She mm-hmm. wouldn't come back. She loved me and loved her children. She wouldn't come back. She wouldn't give up being in heaven to come back. And so that kind of gave me a peace as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think just the 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 orphan aspect of it is just absolutely true you I depended on on them for so much and especially my mother after my dad died she was everything you know she was everything to me I depended on her so much and so 
I'll tell you a great lesson in that is that I depended on my mother so much that I had to, that my mother could have possibly been an idol to me in some ways. I, I went saying. to my mom uh, a lot instead of going to God about things. Yep. And um, I really had to learn, Lord, that you are sufficient. My mother may not be here, but you are the be, end, end, be all end all. Mm-hmm. And that's where I need to be going anyway. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just don't know what people do without the Lord. I understand how when people who, who lose parents, how they get in that pit of grief and they don't know the Lord and they stay there. Yep. I can completely understand that because without God, that's exactly where I would be. Yeah. I would still be in a dark pit. Mm. Totally. I I think that all the time. Like, how do people function without the Lord? Absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Just having his strength and his mercy just to help us through those dark days, mm-hmm. those dark times. So you talked a little bit. I didn't get to hear more of your story about infertility. Yep. How did that play out for you guys? Um, well, after I wrote that chapter on infertility, about three months after that chapter was completed, I got pregnant. Yay! So I, <laughs> yeah. So I have a, I have a three month old baby. Um, cute. And so that's Aww. been a, a wonderful testimony uh, that and it's it's it should be noted that was without any. I mean, I'd been on medication and, and trying things for years yep. and that our our third daughter Annabeth she was conceived uh, naturally no medication anything just a wonderful surprise Aww. and uh just another lesson in uh God's God's timing and I tell you she was absolutely worth the 6 years of waiting Aww. absolutely wow. so and so how are you functioning <laughs> <laughs> you have a 3 month old and you look this well yeah. put together and well thank you um <laughs> it's a lie <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> um, I, I don't know let me tell you something. She's a great baby. She is a great baby. That's how I'm functioning. God knew I needed a content that child sleeps 10 hours a night. uh, If if she didn't, I would not be fine. So she, God knew I'm I'm 37 and I'm too old to be having bad babies. I can't have bad babies. Yay for that. Yeah. That's a praise right right. there. Well, I have a question. So when you were writing this, well, every story is just so sweet and you can just tell that you have really thought out what you wanted to put inside this book. What was your favorite, and maybe it's more of like, um, maybe you could phrase it this way. When you tell your kids about a childhood memory, what's one of those favorite stories that you love to tell? Mm. Cause you're a great storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think the one about my dad riding the train that mm. that's one of our favorite stories. He, um, hopped on a train with the intention to ride it from one side of our town to the other and the train picked up speed and he went 60 miles to Memphis and so he rode on that side of a train like John Wayne and you know my dad's been dead since 1992 and that's that story is still his legacy. Anytime I go back to my hometown and uh, see his friends, that's the first thing everybody talks about, that train story. That was the popular story. I love to tell my kids that because they didn't they didn't have the privilege of knowing my daddy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a cool story, and it just kind of embodies what a rebel he was and mm-hmm. what a cool, funny guy he was. And it's just kind of, kind of cool to think about your dad being like a cowboy riding on a train so that's one of my favorite stories when he died that was my grandmother's favorite story to tell about him she talked a lot about that trainer my granddaddy was not a fan of that story because he was the one that had to go pick him up in memphis in the middle of the night so he never liked that story he's like i don't want to talk about that blankety blank train story but uh that's one of my favorites for sure 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit savethestorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? So how would you explain to someone if they're wanting to share? Because I always want to share stories about my mom to my children, but I don't know which ones to highlight or which ones to are appropriate or which ones that I need to share with her. So what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, I want to carry on their legacy, but Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know where to start. Right. That's a good question. I think the ones that make you feel the best, Mm. that's what I share. I mean, of course I don't share every single time, you know, my mother and I went to Walmart together with my kids, (laughs) even though I remember a lot of things, you know, but the ones that made me feel the best, my happiest times with my parents. Mm-hmm. I just somehow want my my kids to know that. My, my kids were blessed with my mother and were very, very close with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they they have their own stories about her. Uh, they, they used to go to the farmer's market together mm-hmm. on Saturdays and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But as far as my child, and sometimes, you know, my daughter will do things or my son will do things and it'll remind me of we did did things like that when I was young. And so I don't think there's a right way. You just tell what makes you feel good and, and, and how you want them to be remembered, you know. Yeah. And uh, I can remember my mom getting angry at me about some things. And so sometimes I'll share those with my kids so that they'll say, you know, I'm not the only mother that ever gets angry. <laughs> about things and and i'll tell them stories about when i got horrible and stuff but just just whatever makes you feel good Mm, i think that's Mm. classic i like that yeah Uh, yeah Sometimes I'm wondering if if the stories are accurate which i'm sharing because for me i have a i have vivid memories of of things that were great with her and then i have all you know the bad ones too but I, yeah. I want to share the I want to share both because right. I want them to the have an picture. accurate yeah an accurate picture the whole picture of them but it's yeah. just this struggle or sometimes I get too morbid I think with my kids and sharing the sad like, stories Mom, they're this like Mom, is serious yeah like share something funnier about <laughs> Grandma Linda <laughs> I don't yeah, know I get that totally get that yeah <laughs> so what have you um. When does this come out again? What did you say? Or is it already out? They came out in April. Oh, April. April. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what have you found? I know that you you shared that a lot of people have said that it's helped with grief. What else has um, other people, other readers come to you with um, and just shared their hearts? Or what are, your, what are you seeing through this? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't want to write a grief book. I've read every grief book there is to be read, and I did not 
on her. I didn't want to, I didn't want to write a grief book. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, of course, losing my parents and, and uh, infertility and things like that is part of my story, but that's not who I am. And I, I haven't spent my whole life grieving. And so, you know, I wanted to, to, to share humor as much as possible and just memories and, and that kind of thing, kind of a feel good thing. Books. I've had people comment about uh, the humor. Um, I love when people tell me that, mm-hmm. that, you know, I've given them, you know, made them laugh for the day. I think humor is healing. You know, Robert says laughter is good medicine. I think our God has a sense of humor. I think it's a spiritual gift to be able to make people laugh. <laughs> um, I agree. I think there's a lot of that. So the humor aspect of it as well, when people can tell you, hey, this book made me laugh. Uh, I think that's a high compliment, and I'm proud of it as well. Yeah. Well, I can say that I was reading it on the airplane, and I totally, like, snorted, laughed. And the lady next to me was like, is that a funny book? I was like, for real, it's a funny book. For real. (laughs) Like, I think what I was laughing at was um, you have a story in there that you shared about a moment where you went to help an elderly lady and there was no air conditioning and she was she was deaf and she couldn't hear anything but she heard the air conditioning come on after she said don't turn on the air conditioning yeah oh my gosh i yeah <laughs> it was That's so 100% funny true. That, that was not embellished at all i mean sometimes we tend to embellish our stories yeah. but that was like a long hot night and soon as that air conditioner clicked on, she was up out of that bed and she heard it. So uh, that, that was true. That was- <laughs> uh, so good. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share before we sign off? I've been so blessed by how well the book is doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll have a um, second book coming out, um, nonfiction. Uh, it'll be next April, Yay. April 2020. Okay. And it's, of course, a faith-based book, but it's uh, snarkier. It's a little more sarcastic. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, the working title for it is How May I Offend You Today? That may change. <laughs> that may change. But it's about how um, politically correct the world is and mm. uh, standing up for what we believe in, even though it may not be popular. Awesome. So, Perfect. So um, I'm excited that book i really am so it'll be out next april and of course you can buy can't make this stuff up wherever books are sold and online and um i just be blessed by it so i just really appreciate it i'm just uh so thankful for how well it's done to do this well but it's, it's doing pretty good so i'm happy with that. that's awesome that's fantastic well thank you for your humor and everything you're doing yes it's awesome it's a gift for sure yeah for sure thank you so much thank you all so much i appreciate it Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for sharing this with your friends. Thanks to our sponsors, MyPillow, Save the Storks, and The Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years. Persecution.com is their website. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. 
Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. 